0: Welcome to episode 635 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 635 of am Talk with coach John Newsom and
1: James Oz, how you going mate? Pretty good, yourself? Ah uh, John, did you watch Tiger Woods? Oh let's not start on golf, it's an Ironman show for God's Did you not watch it? Did you not watch I the crowd? a passing glance Did it. you watch it at all? A little bit So you did, didn't you? It's a Monday morning, working away, sometimes have a bit of sky sport going on <laughs> It's not very productive of you well.
0: <laughs> What about the weather last night?
1: Far out, this is a weak, weak start to the no, show No, first
0: of all, everyone's talking about Tiger Woods right now oh. And everyone in Christchurch is talking about the weather last night
1: Move on
0: Oh John, it was
1: unbelievable John, unbelievable Anyway, Iron Talk is apparently brought to you by Extreme Endurance Your lactic buffer And our patrons name is Paul, the two wheel predator monk Adam Big Snozzle. Do you think he likes his nickname? Sticking with it, Big Snozzle. <laughs>
0: Someone sent me an email this morning and they said, Still not happy with my nickname. <laughs> I think it was Mincy Munzer. Oh, that's a great one. Yes, yeah,
1: same, I, I agree. agree. Uh, Paul Swindler Tuck. We've
0: got Catherine the Terrier Yep. Uh, if you want to become a patron, go www.imtalk.me. On this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a hot topic of the week. Uh, we've got an interview with the legendary who. Scott Molina. The
1: Terminator
0: himself. Uh, we've got uh, we'll a wing over the week and some questions and answers at the end, guys. Uh, Jumbo, Iron Man Italy happened over the weekend and uh,
1: the, not do dominations, but. Pretty close. As per predictions, Andy Boucherer was predicted to go out there and smash it, and smash it he did, and as Bevan said, nearly a dojo domination, uh, around about a 16, 17 minute victory. He swam 47.52, he rode uh, 4.18.31, which just obliterated everybody else, and then ran a very good strong 2 hours 48.43 for an 8.01.50. In second place, Michael Rubin from Germany in 8.18, third place Julian Mutterura from Germany in 8.23 and then rounding out the top four, another German, so four Germans, Lucas Walt was in fourth place, in fifth place I'm pretty sure was, uh, he's actually Lucy Charles's uh, partner and coach was uh, Rhys Barkley in okay. 8.33 so he managed to break the shackles of those Germans who went uh, 1, 2, 3, 4. On the female side, the Germans also took it out with Daniela Seemler, who won Challenge Rote early this year. She swam 57, rode a 4.44 which uh, a bit like uh, a bit like Bouchera set up her race, uh, smashed it to pieces and then ran a 3.17 which was on par. All the top three girls all ran 3.17 but she had such a big lead she ended up winning by 14 minutes over Gabriela Zin. Zelenka and Bianca Stura from Austria. So the good news is for Daniela Stemler, uh, who Daniela who just missed out on Kona qualification. She uh, she did, she won rote and with a fantastic performance. She, I know she was off racing. It might have been at Maastricht or somewhere, and she DNF'd and didn't end up with the points. Now. Booked a ticket, doesn't have to worry about it. She's got 12 months to get ready for Kona.
0: Yeah, that, that, that really is good. Challenge in Madrid also happened, and good old Lucy, I mean, sorry, Laura Sadell took it out. And this was, so was this a European long course championships, was it? It is,
1: but I, I would say, not taking anything away from um, any performances here, it's it's, it's European champs, but it, you know, it's timing of the year, not necessarily. Um, you know, it's a stronger field than what you might get at some races, but comparing it to say, you know, a regional um, Ironman race, um, probably you know not as strong as that. But yeah, Laura Sadel taking it out, so she can claim to be the European champion, and it was a fairly close-fought victory because she swam fifty-eight, um, set it up with her trademark very strong bike ride with a five forty-four, and so you've got to say, uh, a it was five kilometres long on the bike. But even that, you know, for Laura Sadel, who at say Roach has probably rides I'm guessing around f- four. F- 45 to 450. She's an hour slower, which I think really goes to show yeah. how tough this course was. And then uh, she ran a 308 f- to take it out in 954. But she did have Alexandra Tondeur from Belgium closing in on her, um, but only got within two minutes. She was second, and Lisa Roberts was in third place in 1007. What happened on the guy's side of the race? Guys, side of things, we had Timothy Van Houten from Belgium taking it out, and again, didn't even crack nine hours, but he did have a dojo domination by 23 minutes, or just under just under 23 minutes over Pablo Gonzalez and uh, Carlos Gallego from Spain in third place. So, no sub nine performances on the male side, and only two sub nine hour performances, sub 10 hour performances on the female side. So, pretty tough day racing. We had a couple
0: of 70.3s, uh 70.3 Weymouth.
1: Yeah, it sounded like the weather was uh, pretty average, so Elliot Smales took that out along with India Lee.
0: And then we uh, also had Augusta in... And Yeah, augusta seventy
1: point three, and the uh, win for the O'Donnell Carfrey House. So Tim O'Donnell took out the males' race by a couple of minutes over Jackson Lindry, and then Miranda uh won the women's race uh, over Jenny Seymour. I would say Mirinda Carfrey. She's never been, you know, she's been a really good seventy point athlete, but not a no, rock star. Not rock star no. standard compared to her Ironman performances. But uh, if she's going to be a Kona contender, I probably would have expected a bit more out of her. Maybe she was doing it as a training race and just racing for the win. But you've got to think maybe
0: she was. Who
1: knows? Um, but how many weeks is it to Kona now? It's only a, only a few, uh, so that'll be what three three weeks out, I think. How hard would you do a half three um, weeks before? Still go pretty solid, you would have thought. You wouldn't lay it all out there, but would uh, you? You wouldn't lay it all out there, but I haven't seen signs from her yet. That says she's going to be challenging. No, you're, um, gonna, you're not dead put money on Reef it this year, are you? I'd, I'd be putting. I'm picking about fifth or something like that. Is the the best of hers behind her, isn't it? Oh, who knows? I mean, she's only on her comeback trail, so uh, you would think so. Um, but Just, I'm never count somebody out. She can run a two fifty. Oh, she can run. About, I'd into love it. to see her come back, but. Uh, I'll, I'll find her age. Okay, John, I, the Ironman run is going to be changing Kona this year. It's only very slight. So this is uh, some some Kona news. So what they're doing with the run course, if you can picture, for the people that have been there before, this is should be reasonably easy to picture. But the cool thing about Ironman, Man, when you're going into Kona, you turn off the Queen K and you turn left and you run into the energy lab and you run down the It's just a very gentle downhill, kind of a dog leg off to the right. You run along, turn around, and then you've got to grind your way back up. And it's often a uh, tailwind when you're coming out. It's uphill, it's that time in the race where you're just starting to suffer. Big time, you know, it's 10 to 12 kilometers to go. It's about 10 when you come out of the energy lab. Uh, So, the change that they've made this year is you're not actually going in and out on the same you know you're not running up and down the same hill there's a new access road that's been built uh and it kind of c- connects to the about halfway down the hill i'd say oh, okay. uh, and so what you're going to do you're going to run past the old entrance to the energy lab keep running towards the airport and then you turn left and you kind of come back on you it's a very nice piece of road we so wait a second the- so you go you go up left and then you come back out where you used to go in No, you don't go in and out at all where you used to go. So you run past the entrance towards the airport, you'll turn left onto a new road that'll join you up onto the old Energy Lab Road. You will run down to the same turnaround, come back out and when you come out you won't have that long grind back up to the Queen K. Again you'll be turning off, running towards the airport and coming back on. So what it means is... The course will still be accurate, it's, it's accurate in Kona, uh, it's going to mean there's going to be a shortened stretch on uh, Lee Drive, so the turnaround on a Lee Drive is going to be closer to the pier, uh, and you're just not going to have that grind out. So I really think it will have negligible impact on the race, but just that it was always cool to stand at the top of the Energy Lab road and you'd just you see them coming and, uh, and people would come out looking very, very rough compared to what they looked like on the, the way in. And, and Bevan and I always go back to that story when we saw Marina van Holnacker go into the Energy Lab leading, coming out in the ambulance. It's just it's that, that moment of the race. So minor change, nothing to get your, your knickers and twists twist about, but I think you know it may have been forced on them. Couple of other things, uh, Kona yeah, news. Linus Sanders is doing
0: a really good YouTube kind of. What's he, What's he doing leading into Kona? Basically, isn't he? It's huge. Getting massive
1: numbers in terms of his following. You know, there's like seventy, eighty thousand downloads on his YouTube clips he's putting out there. So uh go and check them out. I haven't watched all of them, but I did watch. Are they um, good? Oh yeah, they're good. I mean, there's obviously a you know, little documentary team following him, in the hope that he's going to win Kona, and then they'll be able to put it, put together, a, you know, a full build up. And the cool thing was, it's been an up and down journey. You know, he's been crushing it at most races until he got to Tremblant, and then went miserably. And what he did in his most recent one was then basically the weekend after Tremblant went out and did a Ironman simulation, and uh, and documented that because he he knew he mucked up his nutrition, and he wanted to go out and give himself that peace of mind that he was on on course and he, he I will he's a unique character he doesn't get any outside help as far as I can see you know if you've got all these questions about nutrition you think he might go and get some help on it mm. but no he's trying to figure it out himself and so he went out and did an man simulation rode however uh, you know 112 times around a one mile circuit <laughs> Uh, on a road that looked pretty crap, a that looked pretty crap and then he had one fella out there doing the run. He didn't do the whole run um, but he did the whole swim, the whole bike, practising nutrition and by all accounts uh, it went fairly well. Wow, that's pretty crazy isn't it? Okay, uh, other piece of news is the disqualification
0: that happened at Maastricht. So basically what happened was two swimmers went around a boy early Uh, At the time, nothing really happened, but in retrospect, it's actually they've been disqualified. So it was Els Visser and who was that for the Kiwi girl, wasn't it? Sonia uh, Sonia Brace-Girdle.
1: Very disappointing for them because they were on the podium and now they've been disqualified. Now, this is a tricky situation because they did break the rules, but it was unintentional. So they they must have cut the swim course somehow. But in terms of the statement from Alice Visser... Yeah, she's saying it was kind of the course's fault. Well, no, she, followed, she got told to go that way and she was following the oh. instructions of the officials. So they, they're not disputing that they did cut the course uh, and there is tele- that's the thing with the new Ironman coverage. There is television uh, evidence to show that they did cut the course but they didn't do it intentionally and they were told from what she's saying that that was where they were supposed to be going. So it's got several what implications. Situation? If she can prove that someone said to her...
2: What happens in that
1: situation? Well, they obviously they've got they've got to follow the rules. So whatever the rules state, and the rules state that if you cut the course, you get disqualified. How so, much of a cutting was it? Was it just inside I've, the buoy? I don't know. Oh, okay. So the yeah. unfortunate thing for them is a you're losing you losing your tight uh, your your position you're losing your prize money. Uh, well, the girl who got, got it, who was it, who, um, who's this here, Angela Neath? Angela Neath. Gets to go to Kona now. She did. So she finished a couple of places down. She gets bumped up, and uh, and that's now given her enough points to, to go to Kona. So good for her, but just an unfortunate situation for everybody else. Also like the financial side of it. You know, oh, massive.
0: You know, like you, yeah. you lose your prize money. Yeah. Points don't matter so much. Although, was when was, no, this would have been in the old system. Yes. So... But if it was this year, you'd lose your qualifying spot. So, if so, Van Vurken gets more money. Mm. But yeah. yeah. a Bit of a tough one, that one, isn't it? It's
1: very, very unfortunate.
0: Yeah, there's. Yeah, it can be tough with the rule situation.
1: Okay, you've got CA, oh no. Well, we, we could have a problem here, Bevan. We could have a major problem. Oh no, I'm not sure. We might not be going to Kona. Back it up. Why not? Because I might have to do a citizen's arrest. Now I'm who? not sure. Oh, okay. I'm not sure about this or not, but I think I'm in I the right. You're right. So I'm out uh, Saturday morning, going for a bike ride. Angry cyclist he was. I'm riding, and I'm coming up Dyer's Pass, <laughs> which is a big hill climb. It's six o'clock in the morning, pitch black. It was not to, pitch black. I had to go out because Belinda was uh, going off on a, on a girls' weekend, so I'm going out, <laughs> riding up the hill, got my lights blaring away, making sure they're not going to blind everybody, having them pointing down because I know that that frustrates me as well as other people coming up the hill see some idiots coming down the hill without <laughs> any lights on and so I'm going I've got to point this idiot out and so I think I'm going to point to my lights but I'm thinking this idiot's not going to see it so I'm just sort of waving my hands at them and then uh, and you then were the car not waving past, you there was, a,
0: there was an angry face coming at me I'll tell you that much this, this
1: car goes past and I see a couple of bikes and I see the people waving from the car <laughs> and I'm thinking and then they went past and went, I think that was Bevan's car <laughs> and so either Joe or you. Uh, I was off, driving. Off I took responsibility. Station.
0: You're going to arrest me, John Newsom. Took in my defence. Oh, what Hey, is hey I, well, this is the court case. It was not that dark. It
1: was. It was not that dark. The sun had not come up. It was not it that was dark. On its way up. And secondly, I feared for my life. <laughs> Fear for my <laughs> life. You were on the other side of the road. <laughs> Joe's subbing in Joe you're coming to Kona She's, uh, Joe's going to be the new podcast So yeah, I'll pure. get Dave Dwan Dave You were me. right
0: I didn't have the lights on And, and the thing is Nowadays Cars Have the, the dimmer lights on If they think it's dark enough mm-hmm. So you, you, you're driving you think the lights are on Because all the dimmer lights are on In your car And you don't realise Until you see some really Irate cyclists yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying
1: to throw bottles at you oh. And <laughs> so, a fired lot. me up I said a new personal best up the rest of that client see I did it
0: because I, I said to Joe <laughs> I think John's doing his re- reps today let's motivate him that's what I said <laughs> and the best way to motivate Newsom is to get him angry so we're off the police station so that's it no of coverage oh Yeah, there you go Ironman Ch- Chattanooga is coming up this weekend and uh, we're at the interesting time of the year aren't we because all the best pros are kind of in Kona or getting ready for Kona so the fields are a different kind of a field aren't they
1: so this is a male only race we had where was it a few weeks ago I think it was Wisconsin Conson was it a few weeks ago um, where it was a female pro only race, this time it's a male pro only, uh, 14% of a typical Kona field and as Bevan said no real Kona contenders but uh, some guys that are going to be jostling for... You know, for for a, a you know an easy slot, not necessarily an easy slot, but a an early slot for for Conan next year. So Cody Beals, who had that amazing debut at uh, Mont Tremblant, is seeded number one oh, on nice. Torson's ratings with a predicted time of eight hours and fifty eight minutes. So interesting to see if he can back that up. You got Victor Zemcev, Joe Gambles, Matt Troutman, who did he win? I think he might have won, or he's right up there in, in Man Wales. Stefan Schmid, Carol. Koshinkov, and Matt Russell's down to race, and that will be an interesting one if he is racing, uh, given that he is down to do Kona two weeks later. So it's yeah. So there we go. We've got uh, it's still you know you've got thirty odd uh, guys racing. So Victor Zemensev has got the twenty four percent chance of winning. Cody Beals nineteen percent, and Kirill Kotschigarov eighteen uh, percent. Chris McDonald's racing. Grass McDonald's Chris still cranking M- it still out.
0: Cranking it out, man. He's been around for a long time. He is. Okay, um, we've also got uh, some exterior races
1: happening. Uh, so, so we've got the Hisp, His, Hispa Man in Spain and the Alba Man in Italy. And the Hispa Man. It seems like every week there's one of these extreme triathlons. Now, so this is in Spain. It's another uh, epic journey. It is uh, got. It's, a, it's more of a point to point one from what I could gather. The uh, bike has got 3,400 metres of elevation gain which is just crazy. That's like a proper Tour de France stage. You know, some of the stages do have more than that but 3,400 is very decent. And then uh, 2,000 metres of elevation gain on the run. I don't know if there's, I'm not sure if there's any others that have got that amount, of run, that amount of elevation. That is massive and people are going to be out there for an awfully long time.
0: Yeah, interesting stuff.
1: Okay, um, John's, IT you up to
0: this weekend coming up? It's. It's been a it's while. Big one of these races, haven't we? We've got the Super League coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Slipped under the radar it really look, has, just, isn't it? I kind of just thought the other day. I wonder when that's coming up, and then uh, haven't really seen too much about it. Uh, but it's coming up this weekend. So in what's juicy. The have they got the field up on the website? Uh, they have. It's you're know, not the easiest to navigate around and figure out actually what's going on. So I'm not quite sure on the the format of it. But I'd imagine it's going to be pretty similar to before. They have got a very strong field. Basically, all the ITU contenders. Um, you know, the majority of them anyway, and then uh, and then a few of the, the young up-and-comers as well, so the Super League this year is going to be this weekend, uh, 28th of September, then a month later they're going to Malta, so that is a new venue, and then the week after that they're going to Majorca, so it's like boom, 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 three in a row, three weeks in a row, no not three weeks in a row, uh, a month between Jersey and Malta, and then a week between Malta and Majorca. It's um, it's a cool format, it's just whether or not it's going to keep the momentum there's just so much racing on these days um and whether they can keep attracting the races i'm sure uh, the athletes i'm sure money talks to a large degree um but the first couple of times the gimmick factor was high it was awesome we were pumped for it um has there been two yeah well they had the australian one and then they've had uh, jersey that's right so yeah, the, look, the coverage is, looks like it's gonna be live on online. Oh, so you'll be able to watch it, great. Yeah, in New Zealand, it seems like they're covering the, the second day on Sky Sports, but I couldn't find a, a scheduled time for the, uh, for Saturday, so that's a bit disappointing. Uh, so it should be good racing, looking forward to it. And you, you get some slightly different winners. You know, last time we had, first time round we had- Richard Murray, wasn't Richard it? Richard Murray crush it, and then the next race you had Christian Blumenfeld crushing it, and you had Katie Zaveras on the, the female side. So so yeah, quite hard to predict. Uh, and we want this, We want more of this type of racing. We would. It would be great if something like this could somehow be incorporated into the ITU circuit. You know, I'm all for sticking with the Olympic distance with ITU, but just having some more variation rather than just going to the venues that can pay the money and just doing multi-lap stuff. Having some mixing up the season a bit. And having some yeah you know, some time trials or some sprints and some Olympics, um, but at the moment, it really just goes seems to go around the circuit. Who can afford to pay the money to to host one of these and uh, and away you go rather than trying to think of the most it was uh, just really entertaining digital. and as we
0: think of spectator sport, you know how do you get money in the sport where well, you get money by getting TV coverage mm-hmm. um, It was really entertaining to watch, and it was a really exciting kind of format when i I watched the first one. Pretty much 100% of it. I, don't watch, I can't remember watching much of the second one. Um, Time Zone wasn't as good for us. No, so. I will try and make an effort to watch it this weekend. Um, what's up with the Collins Cup?
1: Oh, that's... I'm pretty, I'd i say that's dead in the water, isn't it? You think? Yeah. If you hadn't heard anything about it now, it ain't happening in July. No, okay. So you, that's, you hear it here first. Dead in the water. That's what I reckon. It's okay, so
0: we've got an email through from Amon uh, Breen who's just saying he wanted to point out uh, Alan Yee from the UK just saying this young kid I think he got, like, ninth in the under-23 World Championships in a couple of weeks ago on the Gold Coast. Uh, Alex, yeah, sorry. But ex-runner, he did a thirty oh one against all the field in that race and everyone else is about 32 to 31 so, so
1: got, the, the reason this came up is we were hailing our under 23 world, world champion. champion and uh, we did a little discussion around you know looking at whether or not who you know, who comes through from the under 23s and what sort of a pro career they have for the English uh, listeners they're going to know of Alex Yee uh, he is only what is he he must be turning 20 this year so finished 10th in the under 23 field uh, at the age of 20 so he's got a couple of years left but try to good old John Leveston he uh, does some reports on him and he is the real deal with his running he is he, he goes to proper proper running right. I think he's in like a 27 or something very competitive yeah. so he actually finished uh, just a bit more of the ITU update we had uh, the He ITU World Cup at the weekend Gustav Eden from Norway took that out but Alex Yee stepped up and he was uh, in third place there as well so this dude is one to watch out for he is electric his swim is is weak, but yeah. not so weak that it's he's off miles off. So at this race, he was you know thirty about thirty seconds down on the the front swimmers um, in the Gold Coast. The reason he got tenth was because he he missed the front groups. Um, but yeah, he could be certainly a name to watch uh, in terms of if he can sort that swim out get a bit more endurance in the legs, uh, he could be electric in a couple of years' time.
0: Well, the thing you've written down here is that the drafting did not seem, appear to be a major issue at the ITU World Championships, and you're kind of wondering, what did they do right?
1: I know. So if people that were over there, maybe just pop me a note, because I've spoken, mainly this is to some of the, the local athletes that were over there racing who performed really, really well. They weren't necessarily uh, in the top five. Some of, some of them were sort of top tens. But most of the comments that I'm getting back is that it wasn't a major problem. Yes, there was still some drafting out there. There always but, is going to be, but isn't it? Oh, it always is. One, one uh, bit of feedback was in her age group, there was a lineup of Aussies at the front of her age group and they were just lapping it out at the front of the race when everybody else was being doing it fairly Australians Bloody cheating Australians spoil that underarm again uh, but it sounds like they did a really good job of keep- keeping that race as fair as possible so whether it was the athletes intentions were, were, were fantastic whether they just got the wave starts right what they did but I think we really need to have a good look at it because uh, I was just expecting it to be a complete debacle Uh, so I'm impressed so well done ITU and you guys organising on the Gold Coast we
0: had two races over
1: the weekend for the ITU we had the Beijing Tri and then we had a World
0: Cup race in China as well both in China interestingly with Brownlee winning this weekend it was the first
1: time he'd won this year so this is Jonathan Brownlee so this was the Beijing Triathlon so it was Olympic distance it wasn't uh, an ITU race but Olympic distance so yeah interesting that two races in the same weekend big races in China Uh, but he took it out in front of Christian Blumenfeld and Henry Schumann and on the female side Ashley gentle took it out over non-Stanford and Lucy Hall, so they've got a great field uh, so it kind of is, you know you, you started the show disappointingly with uh, some some uh, golf random story. But oh great, it's come back of all time people uh, are saying John. It will be good if Jonathan Brownlee can come back because it's, I don't think it's that the others have got loads better, he's got worse. Oh really? Is why he's not necessarily why? performing. Oh, He's had all sorts of injuries and, and you've got to think that not having his brother, at the same level that he was previously as well, is going to impact as well. Getting older, getting injured, and just, uh, yeah. How old's Jonathan, do you know? I'm going to say that he's probably about 28, I would add a guess. Going back to Rennie,
0: she's 37. Sorry? Going back to Rennie, Rennie's 37. 37, yeah. Mm. So uh, Brownlee, how old do you reckon? I'm going to say 28. Oh, nailed, it. <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. Now, so he's still got a good year, as long as his body can hold up.
1: Yes, athletically, you know he's quite old, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, I would I would say he's still got a few good years in him. So it's not like he's been crap this season. But a few years ago, you turn up to race and you go, okay, let's Brownlees one and two. If it comes to a running race, one big pack, possibly Moulder can run out, run Brownley. They used to just it just was a, a lay down mazier. You just go, okay, they've got it. Uh, what's it's a lay down mazier, Sorry, what's it's, it, doing oh, it? It's just like a no brainer. It's like those two bomb.
0: No, but lady, and, and, and poker, what is a Lady of Oh, Google that one, Bevan.
1: Oh, you say it. I don't know this. I'm asking you. Well, the other one that came up the other day is Tailing Charlie. We were on our camp and we were going, where did Tailing Charlie come from? And it was from the World War Two, I think it was. And that was the name that the British British always gave to the, the last plane, I think, in the formation was the Tailing Charlie. So that's where that comes from. Okay, Lady down
0: I'm looking up right now. Okay. An open or Lady down or Mazir? overt is a 500 bid where the player is so sure of losing every trick that they undertake oh so it's from 500
1: yeah oh okay
0: oh so when you're playing 500 so it's so it's like a mizier but it must be a lay down mizier so it must be yeah okay so lay down consequently it's a slang for predicting an easy victory in australia there you, there you go so you're Australian as well oh, she's gosh. a lady on this there we go um, okay where am I we'll pull up my show notes here John I, did, I didn't
1: have any course check, check a- accuracies from the weekend but we did hear from Laura, well, I did see Laura Sedell posted that it was, was 5k long in their uh, Ironman Madrid but I didn't get anything from uh, Italy overall or on the bike on the bike
0: mm. that's a bit that's a bit average
1: wow yeah. As long as they state that's going to be on there, I'm getting a bit over the all these distances. The reason you it, me, it up. yeah, no, it fires me up is because when we start talking about world records. records and course records, yep. whereas the ITU uh, over on Gold Coast, the short was course, but apparently they did state right, the, cor- the bike course is 38Ks and they're not trumpeting off all these course records. But I do have to break the bubble of a few people that said they set new PBs over on the Gold Coast <laughs> when, it's, when it was short on the run and the, the bike. You've got to look at your pay- average pace and you've got to look at your power in terms of determining uh, your Don't views. blow that bubble, John. <laughs> you know, we all
0: know that our fastest race was on a fast day or in a fast it was course like the-, the wind behind
1: us. The, the the 10K they used to do in, uh, in Wanaka. It's like 10K downhill yeah. uh, running race. It's not massively downhill, but it's a decent enough grade. Oh, the half marathon. The, the one we take everyone, it's too yeah. yeah. Everyone get picked up. Oh, you runners. Oh, yeah. well done. You've done a new
0: personal best. Yeah. Hey, but let's be honest. Everyone's personal best was on one of those courses. Mm. So, John, this week's discussion. we got an article sent through to us from Ian Moore. Uh, is it Give Me More? I think it was sent through an interesting no, article. No, it's not Give Me More, no. Oh, it's
1: it's Rob Give Me More. Oh, okay. Well, Ian...
0: Become a patron if you're not already. <laughs> yeah, and you'll get some kind of more nickname. <laughs> Moorish. Um sent through an article from the Irish Times, basically from this guy. Well, let's name him Shame, John. Let's name him. Oh, name him Shame, he's entitled to his opinion. Brian O'Connor. And uh and he's, he's a little bit cynical about Iron Man. And he's got some interesting points, and yeah. we've kind of put a link to it in the um, discussion and lots of people came back.
1: What's the premise of the article John? So he was had the 70.3 I think in his neighbourhood so firstly he was complaining about the road closures, you kind of understand that for people that don't necessarily get that but that wasn't really the gist of the, the bulk of the article. Uh, a couple of you know, um, paraphrasing a few things that he said in there, triathlon, uh, triathlon are really a reflection of prosperity not so much in terms of expensive bling as being able to afford the time and energy to prepare. So if cocaine is God's way of saying you've too much money, then extreme sports—his uh, way of saying you've got way too much time on your hands. Colour me dubious about all of it because half an hour examining anguished middle-aged amateurism indicated a pursuit that isn't so much about exercise as an essential, uh, no, existential cry for help. And ex- watching ex- ex- what's what's that word? Um, I know what it. And watching Man is. Uh, and watching Iron Man, it was hard not to consider how better directed all the white-collar angst could be if it was pointed towards goals that are kind, constructive, or even creative, rather than something so deeply, de- depressingly egocentric. And so on the, as, uh, overall, I think the article was, uh, how bored do you have to be to think Iron Man is a good idea? Well, no, not even that. It was,
0: there was a couple of things. It was also what an interesting reflection of our time, that with, with, with wealth this is what we choose to do, and it, and it's basically a pursuit of your own ego, not pursuit of helping the
1: greater good. Some people got fired up, unsurprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, but others had uh, looked at it slightly more rationally. Uh, Louis DiGiuseppe, I actually see both sides here. He makes a few valid points, and the responders here may make effective ones as well. The crux is that all individuals have the right to choose the direction of their life, uh, get what they want out of it, strive for health, fitness, achievement on a personal level. Others want to criticise uh, those that choose triathlon to seek these goals. And again, they have the right to do so. His opinion won't change how I seek satisfaction in life on a physical level, and my actions won't change his opinion. That is what makes us all individuals.
0: There we go, James Bishop's got what a dreadful article from the sentiment which is quite clearly a huge projection of jealousy from a low achiever in life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just... Bang! can't down to
0: his level, James. <laughs> uh, to the grammar errors and the references that don't make any sense, go back and pre- to, to pretending to be uh, content with your bang average life and try to be happy
1: and positive for other people for change. Love, James, times two. Uh, Finn Zweiger, always good to put your beliefs and passions in perspective every, every now and then, but between this and last week's podcast, I'm about to give up the sport. What did we do last week? Uh, was it was Brian... Um, Brian Rose, sort of, uh, you know, his his interview as
0: well, I think that's where he's getting at. David Doherty's got, um, triathlon is an expensive sport requiring a lot of time. It is inherently limiting those that are able to participate. It can also be a selfish sport considering how much time we invest. With that said, the author doesn't get it. It's not about being bored,
1: it's about a personal challenge. Uh, Last one I'll do, Michael Taylor, some interesting points. I'm in the lucky minority who love training, especially when it takes me to magical places for swims, bikes and runs. At the same time, uh, post the fulfilment of the Kona dream and now taking a healthy break from long course it has been hard to adjust to the extra time on my hands. That said, I got into it because I saw it as a huge challenge not because I was bored. The danger is when it becomes the only thing you do I think Coach John's strategy of one every few years makes good sense Andrew Charles Smith has got I admit
0: that I I had some of these thoughts myself in periods when my mojo has gone walkabouts so really interesting good old Kim Burney's got you're drunk Brian, go home <laughs>
1: yeah. stereotyping those poor old Irish. Uh, John, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, look, it's it's easy. It's a bit of a clickbait article in terms of you know, really firing some people up, which yeah. is which is you know that's fairly common journalism these days. Um, but I think it's just g- g- good at uh, giving you a little bit of a slap in the face and actually um, hold on, this might be our interviewee calling, Bevan, oh, the Ball's million, show, the Terminator. Song. Where where is it?
0: Where's the house? It's gone to the old house. That's the problem, is it? It is the Terminator. Okay, we he going to pause? Okay, we're back. Now, we we started the thoughts, but we've, had, we've talked to Melina for half an hour. Can't
1: remember what we started with, John. So, we're going to say your thoughts again. Okay. So, what are your thoughts, John? So, my, when I read articles like this, you know, I try not to get my back up and uh, and go, oh, oh, oh this so guy doesn't talk about Do you ever read Mark Reason? No, I know. He's a reporter. Guy. And he kind of he does that. He deliberately tries to rub you the wrong way. Yeah. So, um, look, I think firstly, I, I kind of. Gives me a chance to reflect and go okay this guy thinks we're all idiots um thinks we're boring um and sort of wonders why the hell we do it so i start to think about you know why i do the sport and um and and then start to think about you know the opportunity costs of why we do this because if it is, fairly selfish and what am I potentially missing out on and then just start to weigh up okay do I do I am I happy with that decision um like you you often say you did the sport to be a better version of yourself that's Mm. for me as a as a as an athlete um that doesn't resonate with me it's I think that's a byproduct I think I generally am happier and a better person when I when I do it but that's not my necessarily my motivation but it just gives me a chance to step back and reflect on why I actually do this um what I enjoy out of it am I better off being able to do other things, am I actually contributing to society in a way that I want to um, and am I being a dick or not around you know the family, friends etc and just taking a little step back and, and having a bit of an outward view as to, to why I do the sport and, um, and then uh, push on or don't push on and I think <clears throat> there's so many people that um, sometimes lack that ability to take the step back whether it be looking at things from a sporting perspective but also an organisation you know those toxic people in organisations that can't see that they're, they're a really sticky cog in the wheel mm. so I think that's that's the way I look at it at and um, but I think you've got to respect other people's opinions um, if he he might prefer to go to the pub every week other people might prefer to go to the the gym, or they might prefer to go to church um, on a Sunday morning. I'd rather um, be either hanging out with the family or being on my bike rather than lying in bed reading a book.
0: Yeah, well, I think
1: I do, I did struggle with the article a little bit um, mm-hmm. because
0: one, a th- couple of things I struggle with. Um, first of all, he brings his perspective into it without exploring other ways. So he talks about this existential cry for help, you know, that, and I really struggle. I always struggle with people who basically put one view on everybody you know what I mean now when you look at that field I guarantee there's some people who are looking for a cry for help
1: <laughs> oh, <absolutely. laughs>
0: and I guarantee there's some people who are it's a biggest moment in their life and it's a, it's a real transformational cool moment I guarantee people it's just looking for a fun challenge I guarantee it's, it's people when there's just the social thing to do with their friends the reason why it's so diverse in our sport to, to put that on one thing really you kind of lose me as an author if you start to do that and it's mm. really you know it, it's it's often a racist thing isn't it you know in New Zealand one of the things I find really frustrating is that people will say um, Samoan or Island athletes are lazy it's, yes. and it's such a and it's one thing that league people kind of get put on them because there's a lot of mm-hmm. Island league players and it's such a limiting way of looking at the world and I always think that you've got, you've got to look at yourself if you're putting a group of people in one context and and unfortunately, that's kind of what he does in this here. Is he kind of says this audience here is this type of person? All like that, yeah. And so he kind of loses me straight away when he's done that because he's not really. He's really ultimately saying I'm not willing to explore the diverse reasons people would do the sport. Mm. Um, I do think this his point around is this healthy? Well, we can argue. of Course, it's not. Yeah, you know, like it's it's an extreme sport, um, but humans generally aren't healthy. You know what I mean, and um humans tend to be extreme um you know not that, again that's kind of a kind of a broad thing, but there's many areas where we are quite extreme because we chase something we love, and so when we think about the healthy thing, um I think he's right, there's definitely an aspect of our sport that is unhealthy mm-hmm. um you can go there's probably worse things people could be doing mm-hmm. um but we're all adults, and we can choose what we want to do with our time. I think it's another thing as well. You know, like I know my later years are going to be more of a struggle because of the way I choose to move my body in my younger years. Um, that's a choice I'm making. Now, maybe when I get to my old years, I will regret that. Um, but at this moment, I think I'll look and I'll go. You know what? I'm glad I lived my life the way I did. Uh, and what else did I put here? I I did like I did like that statement. The white collar inks against that could be pointed towards goals that are more kind constructive or even creative rather than doing something so kind of egocentric i did like that idea because sometimes in our world we do get a bit too much just about us Mm. and and i do think that a help one thing that's really important in a healthy life is that sense of giving back being a part of a community
1: that's where i was going to back up there is is i definitely agree that there's the ego side of it But sometimes you know we can be inspiring other people to get into sport by doing this especially if you've come from somewhere where you haven't been active and by you doing the sport, yes it might rub your ego a little bit but it might also inspire other people to get active. But as Bevan was just saying there, if you choose to put a little bit more back into the sport, whether it's volunteering in a race, helping coach with a kids program or something like that, then you are putting something back into into the community. And you read any book on happiness.
0: Gratitude and giving back Is is one of the greatest rewards You can do for yourself You know like um, I did a public talk a while ago And I was talking to a business big, big business crew And I was talking about how Joe and I We always try to give a, a certain percentage of our money To charity It's kind of just something We've always done And I talked about how When I When I started doing this I, I didn't actually do it because I was trying to be altruistic or I was trying to do good to the world. I'd basically read, you get a better return on your investment if you give money away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was totally selfish and the reason my motivation in first doing it, it really was. It was just that I you know, something I'd read that said, if you give away, you'll end up getting more back to life. And I know that's kind of an out there kind of way of thinking, but it was that was purely my motivation. It was, oh shit, I'll get more back. And the irony was that I that that's been such a valuable lesson for me in life because by you know, contributing a little bit of our time and energy to giving back, and our resources to giving back, it wasn't. Re- ultimately, it hasn't been turned out that I've you know financially. It's the reason why. It's more I've gained. I always gain so much more myself on a sense of helping, a sense of all that good stuff that you know you can get in life through doing it. So. Yeah, some interesting stuff there.
1: Yeah, no, good chance to give a little bit of perspective on yourself this week, Bevan. Okay, here I got we an go. email through. Um, well, that was probably last week from the ASB Auckland Marathon is now a world age group qualifier. But do you uh, see it's done by Wonder? Oh, this is Wonder Sports Holding. Yeah, uh, yeah. An Ironman I'm company. Uh, yeah. We have some exciting news for you to share. Auckland Marathon has been named as one of fifty events across the globe to provide age group athletes with the opportunity to qualify for the Abbott. WMM Wonder Age Group World Championships being held as part of the Virgin Money London Marathon in 2020. So what they're doing, and I'm not sure if we've discussed this before or not, but this, this sort of prompted me to look into it a little bit more, is they're bringing a World Age Group Championships to... Marathon world, it's going to be incorporated into an existing event and, uh, and I'm not sure if this is on a rotational basis but 2020 is going to be the first time it happens at the London Marathon um, and you need to qualify for the event. Uh, it's, it's not like Kona qualifying, it's a little bit different. You can go off and you do uh, one of these 50 events, um, the major marathons have um, a little bit more weighting to them than, than other marathons but you can take your best two results from uh, the Berlin Marathon which was on uh, last weekend through to September 2019 uh, and two, two, two results, two marathon results, it's a points based system rather than placing which is quite different to the, the Kona qualification system at um, say one of the major marathons first place gets 4000 points and then it's a time based system with points dropping away. At the other marathons, uh, it's not necessarily 4,000 points for first, it's based off some um, platinum times that they've um, set up and they are pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty yeah, solid, like if, if, if Two, up 220, 226 for a 40 to 44 yeah. male. Um, and there's more points for the majors. Um, no, you've got to be a good athlete to get there. Oh yeah. Um, now well, the one thing that I would say is it's not really that clear. Well, I couldn't see how many slots actually get to go through to the the championship race. It said uh, the highest ranked runners will be invited to London 2020.
0: So it's done in the London Marathon.
1: Yes, so it's incorporated as part of that. So I'm not sure whether that means the top 20 runners get to go, the top 50 in each age group, whatever it is. Um, But I think you will have to be pretty sharp. So the topic this week is, do you think the World Age Group Marathon champs will kind of catch on at all like it does for, for Kona? And it's only over 40. Yeah, that, I did find that a little bit odd.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was interesting because it's 40, 40 to 80, 80 plus basically. But the times are smoking like, you know, 40 to 44 is a 226.
1: But, but that's a starting point for points. So if you achieve that time at one of the races, you get 4,000 points. Okay. And if the winner, say, goes 236 then they work out that that person might only get 3,400 okay. points and then it works out. So it is time-based, so it should be pretty fair. It kind of sucks if you do a hard marathon, but most marathons are, you know, not massively hard. Uh, so there will be a bit of variation, but yeah. So I'm just interested to see, will it catch on?
0: It's... um. Yeah, we'll we'll go deeper into that next week in the show. So that's this week's discussion, and I'll put a link to the web page where all the information is on uh, the show notes and in also in the discussion of
1: the week section. John, sponsor, Extreme Endurance. Now, often when you go out training, you can't carry all your fuel in one go. Um, if you're, you know, in terms of your fluids, one of the things they have at Extreme Endurance, they have their Fuel Five, which is their sort of sports drink. I find it really, really good, but it just doesn't have that really different sugary flavour. Uh, and so I complement that, in with the other products that I take on race day, or, or often out on training camps. But it's often really hard to carry um, all your, your fuel. But they have uh, the Fuel 5 single serving as well, so you can either package it up and put it into a little container, or if you're out there training, it's you know in a little foil, um, uh, you know foil packet, and you can go out there and you take a couple of them with you, and then it's not going to, you know. Not going to get all sweated up in your in your back pocket, and you can either put it into your front aero bottle when you're out racing, or you can just mix it out on the road, just so then you have got some fuel to get you through those long sessions. So they've got the Fuel Five, the Fuel Five Plus, which has also got the caffeine in it, and I used that to really good effect on a Kona Camp uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, if you're struggling with your, you know, with with stomach issues, uh, and you're looking for a little bit of a different choice, or or trying to just vary what you have when you're out there on race day. check out uh, fuel 5 and go to xendurance.com remember to use the promo code imtalk20 and you can either get uh, the nice big bag or you can get the single serves they also do the single serves for their for their protein as well so just for convenience factor check it out xendurance.com
0: check 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 it out, guys. We've got Scott Molina, the legendary
1: Terminator, is on the show today. Uh, we talked to him a
0: little about strength training for the ageing athletes, but also we talk about other things as well. Scott's always great for a talk, so here's Molina right now.
1: hi guys. Uh, we're welcoming back to the show the Terminator, Scott Molina, who recently, in John Hellman's book... Um, and we're going to get John Hellman's on in a while to, to, to talk through his book, uh, which is sort of his memoir. He, I think he said that Scott's performance in Kona was one of the greatest sporting achievements <laughs> that you've ever seen in the sport, given your sweat rates. So always good to have you back. Welcome along to the show, Scott.
2: Thank you very much. And I, I do think John exaggerated a little bit there.
0: Scott, <laughs> did you watch Tiger Woods yesterday?
2: <laughs> I did. I tell you what. Did you see the crowds following that guy It around? was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah. I tell you, is that a guy good for the sport or what? Man, yeah. did you actually watch? It. I watched the uh, uh, the news, Yeah, the news coverage. Unbelievable, it. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, fantastic, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. John, John's it. loving the golf.
1: Well, I was just as intrigued as I was with Tiger Woods as the guy that won the series in one part was worth over $10 million. The FedEx
2: Cup, yeah. So yeah. that is... Just next level. Yeah. yeah. Um, so but but just on that point, you know, because it relates to what we're talking about. You know, last time Tiger won on the PGA Tour was five years ago. Yeah. And he's got the guy's been through hell yeah. since then. You know, and so four big surgeries, isn't he? Something like that, yeah. and uh, and uh, not small surgeries. You know, uh, not to mention the rest of his life. I read his book last year. Fascinating, fascinating yeah. story. So so anyway, it's great to see him come back, and uh, you know, uh, I know it's not triathlon but it's it's a very demanding uh, sport physically at that level so it's mm. great to see that he can come back and play like that
1: yeah so what have you been up to with yourself you know you did uh wrote a little bit over 12 months ago um we had you over and over there again this year doing some uh some bike touring um with your better half uh anything happening in your world in, in terms of a
2: competitive capacity not this year I, d- I decided last year prior to roth that uh wrote that i would have an easy year this year and just because I had chronic ailments, and especially uh, my right knee. And, uh, and so I've, I've been trying to plan for when I'm 60, right? Make a mm. big push, new, mm. age group, new age group and all that shit. <laughs> uh, How do you know? I'm 58. And so, uh, and so I thought I'll just give myself an easy year when I'm 58 and then get going again when I'm 59 and so that's that's still the plan although my right knee is not cooperating very much at all so i've had the lightest year of running since r- that i've ever had in my life even the years when i've had knee operations i've had Good. more running in my life than than this past year so it's been it's been a cruisy year and i i decided not to bike race as well mm-hmm. um because uh, I, I didn't want to work that hard really to, uh, to bike race you know you have to you can't be not fit you just mm-hmm. get dropped Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I've had a cruise a year uh, and then, uh, but I have some events on the, on the calendar now, starting in November, Queenstown half marathon, and then uh, some tries in uh, our summer.
0: What's it like? Cause you, you know,
2: how often in your career have you had,
0: not other than through injury, years off?
2: Um, no, none. Yeah. So what's, what
0: what's, what's the value and what's hard about it?
2: Well, it's, it's, <sighs> it's, it's, it's nice not to have the pressure to, to train hard. You know, to get ready for races, but that's the main reason I I, I race is so that I have incentive to train hard, mm. right? Or else I just get soft and drink too much, you know. Mm. And uh, so, uh, so I'm I'm not I, I'm not good at moderation, uh, and so I'm still working out a lot, but um, just not racing. So it's mm. been good. It's been uh, we have a lot, we've had a lot of travel and and a lot of fun stuff, uh, including the trip to Germany it was wonderful. Um, w- watching the race, not you know, no pressure to do it. So yeah, it's been it's been uh I've handled this year better than I thought it would. That's mm-hmm.
1: good. Mm-hmm. So the reason one of the reasons we wanted to get you in was um the holy haram and Murray Lapworth, you know, he was over there with us and wrote the year before last and hasn't done too much since, but he's uh is he the same age as just you just or? under just, just under, under I think a
2: year or two younger than me.
1: Yeah. He's after the, the 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 golden bullet. He wants to know what he needs to be doing as he as he ages. In for terms as little of, time as possible. For as little little time as possible in terms of looking after his body. You know, I think he's finding it um, more challenging with a few little niggles here and there. And, and obviously, from your perspective, you come from a different level because you've done. A gazillion more hours than pretty much anybody out there but you know all age is as they're sort of getting into their into their 40s into their 50s and then uh, as you're going to find going into your 60s it, um, your body's changing so we thought it'd be good to, to get you in here and if there is any golden bullets that you've you can uh, impart your wisdom on but you know what what are, how have you found your body changing and also I know you've worked with a lot of age group athletes as well, and what are some of the things that you sort of see that happens with athletes as they're going sort of 40s, 50s, 60s?
2: Yeah, I have I have worked with a lot of older athletes, including um, triathletes in their 70s, and so that, and that's been interesting over the last decade uh, to work with much older people, you know. Um, what I found is that two things. One, the ones that are really worn out, like me, you know, I've had uh, minor surgeries on both knees, um, and... Uh, surgery on my foot, you know, uh, and and I've had bike crashes that have messed up my shoulders. So there's been a f- quite a few things to work around. So if 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 people are really worn out from various things, um, surgeries or crashes or just a lot of training, then they're probably going to ha- uh, have to work harder at um, being healthy. And when I when I say that, I mean the, the the main things that we lose when we get older. Is our speed our elasticity you know our athleticism and our vo2 max you know uh your engine no matter how hard you try it will sh- start to shrink and so um those are the main things that we have to try and work on the make 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 a priority mm-hmm. so endurance is 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 the easiest part of the aging equation to go long and slow mm-hmm. you know that's that just all you need is time and and most people when they're older do have that mm. finally in their lives you know they have the luxury of of not having to work so much and so they can um train a little bit more um and um we we're talking off off air there about uh, references that people can use that I think Joe Friel did a great job with his um, fast after fifty book all kinds of great tips and guidelines in there um and and the way that people should set up their training and emphasize training you know uh but mostly you have to work on your fast stuff um and i think strength training because you lose muscle mass as you get older you lose strength um to to do to work on that in the gym specifically and uh, that and and uh, gyms are everywhere now for, so most people can you know can fit it into their lives especially if they live in a winter environment you know, like the people who who live in places where it's under snow months a year. You know, those people should, you know, probably do most of their training in the gym or the pool um, during those those heavy winter hours, uh, those months. So I I think you know, going fast uh, is important. You got to practice that. Even stuff like strides, like most of the people that I work with that are older, um, I have them do strides quite often. Like they might do an easy twenty-minute jog after a gym session, and then do four strides. Mm -hmm. Just stuff like that. But do it consistently. Um, And same same thing in the pool. You know, um, my top end has just absolutely disappeared. You know, even though I work at it. And so if I do if I don't work at it, oh my god, it's just you know, you know, I can't look at the clock. It's Mm -hmm. so terrible. So yeah, you you have to you, you have to work at it uh, pretty consistently, I think, if you want to if you want to go fast.
1: Is it a bit of a double edged sword that, You know, you're talking about going fast. Um, as you're getting older, you, does you, you find your body gets a little bit more susceptible to injuries? So, going out and pumping some, you know, really hard four hundreds at the track or doing strides a little bit more risky, and people maybe just need to, to build into it a bit. Or and, and have you got any examples of of you know going hard you know what what does that sort of mean for for you and athletes you coach outside of say just doing some strides
2: right so the 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 main thing is that if you do a little bit often Mm. then you can do a lot at times Mm. right so you pick your seasons uh, and and your periods where you train really hard maybe you might have three to six weeks at a time when you train really hard and then you back off for three to six weeks but if you're doing um, strides often like year-round if you're doing a little bit of gym work just about year round, you know, if you're in the pool doing some fast swimming almost every time you get in a little bit, um, then you can up your game, you know, uh, you can do stuff like 400 on the track or hill reps or something that's, um, you know, more demanding, you know, your, your tissue, your tissues are ready for it. Uh, whereas if you just like in your twenties, you can do the, the typical sort of, you know, lot long build up, all easy stuff for weeks, months, and then you know, go, go into stuff like hill reps or, or intervals on the track and stuff like that. But if you're in your fifties or sixties and you've had a long, long break from it, then you're going to, you're going to take you a while to build up again, you know, starting really small and just incrementally adding your strides, you know, short hill reps, um, things like that
0: just just one thing you know you've always been a gym guy you've always enjoyed your weight side of the of kind of the program uh for a lot of people in our sport they have no concept of that uh they don't really enjoy it yeah um you know so there's this kind of big barrier that they need to overcome to be successful in that now for you it's easy because you kind of have that history but when you've worked with people who haven't had gym how have you got them to a place where they can consistently have a habit around that
2: I, i had them start in the winter when there's no races on the calendar for months, you know, start in October, November and, and say, okay, until April, this, you're going to, you're going to learn how to use the gym. Mm. It's it's a brand new thing. Right. Um, and, um, it's a different art
0: form as well, isn't it? It's a different challenge. It's different. You know, it's so much more, you have to learn a totally new game, don't you?
2: Yeah. And and I get why some people don't like it. They're unfamiliar with it and they're no good at it. Mm. Right. So, and they're awkward and uncoordinated and, mm-hmm. you know, so it takes, it does take time to learn skills, you know, in the gym and, but, um, if you embrace it, you know, the, the benefits, especially older women, like if you're say 45 plus for women, the, the, the impact on their bodies is mm-hmm. massive. The difference between the, 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 the gym bunnies in their fifties and sixties versus the women who don't, I mean, the, everything about it in you know, their bodies, the, the, Bone density, you know, their athleticism is so much greater, um, and I'm sure you must see that in the gym too. Yeah. You know, the, the, you, when they take off their, you know, get into lycra, uh, you know, the, the difference in 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 their bodies in the fifties and sixties, uh, you know, for women especially, it's just night and day. Mm. Mm. So it's it's worth the effort, you know. It's 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 it's, a, it's a, if you're in this for the long game, you know, if you want to keep going over the next ten or 15, 20 years. Just, they, just and some tips on that, like if you are. Like that
0: person, and you're thinking right now, oh, I hate the gym. How do you set yourself up for a good environment? So, like, use a PT. Try to find a gym buddy. You know, look, like yeah. Meet the people at the gym. Be really conscious of creating friends at the gym, yeah. and all those
2: things that it make it easier for you to want to turn up. And it's the same for almost every everything, right? Yeah. If you want to be if, uh, cycling, you know, you go with groups. Uh, running, if you if you if you if you're new to running, like um, your running group, you know, you that that group dynamic just enhances it so much. Mm. So yeah, it's it's all it's doing all the same things, just applying it to your gym work. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, when you are at the gym, is there any key exercises that you like to do, or that you advise in terms of? Because that was what Murray was getting at. What are the key things I really should be doing? And of course, sh- ideally, there should be some periodization in there. But what are some of the key exercises you really like?
2: Full body uh, exercises that use a big, heavy weight, mm-hmm. uh, Olympic bar. You mm-hmm. know, deadlifts, power cleans, um, clean and press, uh, squats you know, I've, I would say that that would cover 80% of what you should be doing in there. Mm-hmm. Add some abs, add some, something for your low back, like back extensions, um, a pushing exercise like uh, chest press or bench press or dumbbell bench press or, uh, and a pulling exercise like seated row or lat pull down or chin ups, you know, and, um, and then now you're up to 95% of what you should be doing in there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated, but it has to be strenuous and you, you need to, to learn what good form is and good range of motion, but, you know, it has, there has to be some resistance in there, you know, it has to be heavy, it has to be hard, and the full body exercises especially have this systemic um, effect on your hormones uh, that cannot be replaced by lightweights or, uh, you know, Typical high, t- high reps or, or typical PT exercises that you might get from your physical therapist that say you know do this to rehab this muscle or or uh, balance this out you know those it, it there needs to be some heavy strenuous lifting w- close to failure you know in there uh, where you where you're really working hard in low rep range yeah it, it, you can you know you, once you learn get over the initial. Uh, condition, conditioning yeah. phase You know Then yeah There should be some, some Some heavy Six to eight reps I don't like to go much lower than that mm. But um, But if you're If you're getting close to failure on Let's say At number eight Let's say you could do Maybe nine Maybe ten But probably not mm. Then that's That's heavy enough mm. Yeah
1: mm. So we got spe- Doing some speed work And I do I do remember We, we interviewed a guy in Kona one year Lou I, I don't know if it was Lou Friedman Or yeah, whatever Yeah yeah He had done Oh, he was eight, He was. I think he was going to be As the first eighty-year-old, yeah. maybe. But he said he did. He, he did something hard every day. Anaerobic. What was the saying? Anaerobic every day, or something like that. He drank he a beer. I, I saying, think he drank yeah. a beer every day. But he said do hey, anaerobic what, every day. Was the something. saying? And yeah. it might might have been like one sprint or something anaerobic every day.
2: Well, I remember that interview. Yeah. And um, and my thinking around that is that there are safe ways to do that, mm. right? Like on the bike. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the pool, you know, uh, in the gym, you can you can. You can load yourself up in safe ways, mm-hmm. like leg press is a good example. You know, you get in that leg press, and man, you can just <laughs> destroy your quads in five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so there are safe ways to do that. You know, it doesn't have to be you know 400s on the track, which is you know f- for most people that uh, you know look at look at look at where we get injured the most, mm-hmm. right? And most most of the time for older people, it's Achilles. And so, um, so I'd say look at the safe ways that you can go hard and, and, and emphasize those in your training.
0: Mm. What about flexibility?
2: I, I think it's important and um, especially with this move to footwear that has a lower drop, mm. uh, less, less drop I should say, you know, four to five mils between the forefoot and the rear foot. M- most people, if they've been running a long time, uh, grew up with running shoes with a big old fat heel, mm. right? And so you run in those things for 10 years and your Achilles and, and calves just get shorter and shorter and shorter, right? And Which I do anyway, but that just exaggerates. It. And then you try to move to these um, shoes with um, that are nearly flat, you know, and it's a big step up, you know, for your lower legs. And so I would say for most people, you could not... Work on your Achilles and calf flexibility enough, and strength
0: of Achilles as well. Like your calf raises, your yeah, raise yeah, it, you but know.
2: it's it, but it has to, you know, it, it has to be a lot, a yeah. lot, a lot. And um, once you once you've scarred them up as well, um, if you've uh, ruptured them or if you've had really bad tendinitis or tendinosis for a long period of time, um, then then it, it becomes even more crucial once you do get healthy. To maintain that, uh, that length in your Achilles. Um, but it's not easy. Um, you know, if you sit on your ass all day, uh, and you're, not, you're not moving, then, um, then you got some work to do
1: anything else for over over 50s like um have you changed your nutrition much um or, or any other tips you sort of got for for over 50s whether it might be you know um more recovery um racing less or or anything else you want to get out there for for the 50 pluses
2: well i i have i have changed my diet quite a bit over the years but i don't think it was so much that i was aging or worried about um uh cardiovascular risk really but um but I'm much more plant-based just because I'm more educated about diet, mm. um, and so um, I, I I don't eat land animals mm. anymore really. Uh, I do eat some sea animals, but um, not much. And um, and I I think that's it's a healthier way to live, and help, does help you recover quicker, um, and uh, also helps keep weight off. Uh, and, I I I used to eat a lot of junk food, a lot of biscuits, you know, just sugary crap. <laughs> and uh and I've cut almost all of that completely out now. And yeah. Um just conscious, you know, uh it's funny. Um there's a good book uh, about the microbiome about this subject that when you start to eat something, whether it be chocolate cake or whatever, you know, your gut becomes familiar with it and, uh, and it tends to, to, desire it. yeah, to desire it. And so once you do cut it out, um, it's amazing how your body doesn't, you don't crave it anymore, mm. you know? Uh, uh, so, you know, it's like any habit, right? Mm. Power of habit. Good book. Great um, book. Great book. And, um, so it's just a matter of starting that, starting down that road. And, you know, once I, once I decided to take a short break, oh, three weeks, you know? Um, and, uh, Turned into six, turned into a couple years. That's the thing, isn't it? When you're a younger
0: athlete, you know, especially in our sport, your your volume is so high, you kind of just get away with murder of what you eat. Um, But as you age, you can still get your volume up.
2: And you don't, you do put on weight, don't you? Yeah, your metabolism slows down, right? And and part of that is lack of muscle, you know, especially for women. You know, their muscle just disappears. um, There's a lot of uh, what I see... I call skinny fat. You heard of that term? Yeah. So a lot of thin women have no muscle, mm. right? So they're living on lettuce and air, and they're still thinking, oh, you know, I'd like to be leaner. And it's, Well, you got no muscle, so you got no metabolism. And so, um, you know, getting the muscle is, is – keeping the muscle is the key.
0: Well, I think we're seeing a lot of in older men is that testosterone replacement and, and let's be honest, a lot of our older guys are using drugs now quite openly is, yeah. to say youthful. Um, your thoughts on that stuff?
2: Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one. I mean, um, Mark Allen put it very, very well when he said there's age groups for a reason. Mm. And it's true. Mm. You know, the, the main thing that we lose, uh, well, why we lose speed is because our hormones start to drop, right? Mm. So, so we don't respond as the same to, tr- to training. Um, and and if, you, if you get your hormones back up to what you had when you're 25 – well then, you're you're not 60 anymore, are you? Really, mm. hormonally, you're not for mm. sure. Maybe maybe you, you've got that many years on the clock. So I think it's a it's a big big conundrum because our sport, Ironman especially, is just as an age group sport, right? Mm. You know, you know, you want to compete against people your age, mm. but if they're if they're hormonally 25, then they're they're not your your age. But then I can also say, like I get
0: it as a competitor problem, right? But right. I also get it as if I'm 60 and I'm feeling old, and I can take some testosterone, it's going to make me feel 25 again. It's a pretty appealing
2: thing to think about, isn't it? Is, it is. It is. So maybe, maybe we need to 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 think about this in another way. and that, if if our sport's about health and vitality, mm. then maybe maybe you can just go do these events and not compete in your age group. Yeah. Just do them, right? Yeah. And you just say be upfront about it. Yeah. yeah. But but even then, like you know, if, if I if if. Um, if if I'm hormonally enhanced and I and I go to a race, and I say I don't want to compete, you know, but I go and I, I do a nine twenty five, and the next sixty year old is you know eleven thirty and he wins the age group, mm. you know, it's it's it sort of it sort of taints it a little bit, you know, yeah. it takes it takes a bit of the shine off that age group or winning the. So age it's interesting group. in the
0: media right now. You're seeing a lot of these guys. Like sixty, like you look at Stallone, he's in seventy two, I think, and he's, yeah. he is pumped, you know, and he's obviously on the roids. Um, but there's a lot of this kind of. It's interesting how what's put what's put in front of us to to what we should be, you know. And we talk about young girls on Instagram and stuff, but the older man now is having to have the beach body at sixty five. And it's because of the use of drugs and stuff like that. The well, he doesn't. Ha- is- he doesn't have to. Well, true, but but, it, but it's been you know, put in
2: front of us. But if but if he wants to, yeah, you know, and, and I want to look good, yeah. and I want to be, have some vitality, you know, mm-hmm. um, then then yeah, it's it's a big conundrum. And uh, I guess I guess the the main choice you're making if you go down that route is that health and and your appearance and your vitality is more important mm-hmm. than competing mm-hmm. um, because. Because I I I have to agree it's 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 not fair on the sixty five year old guy who's not changing his hormones, you know, to compete with a guy who is. Mm -hmm. And so uh, so yeah, it's it's. um, I think though there's because the growth hormone and industry is just well the whole hormonal uh, HRT hormone replacement therapy issue. it's just massive, massive, and growing like a weed. Mm-hmm. Of course, as there's more older people, more wealth in the world, and so it's it, our sport is going to have to deal with that issue. I think, over and over and over again, till, uh, till I don't know when.
1: Yeah. So you have to Kona in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, it's going to be inducted into the Ironman Hall of Fame with uh, with your lovely wife. So that's going to be exciting times over there. Um, are you're looking forward to actually being over there, and, and have you been following? You know what the pros are up to, and, and what are you sort of looking forward to with your time over there?
2: Yeah, I am. I, I the last time I was there was 2010 when I did the race. Mm. I thought I was. I thought I was really, really fit, mm. and I was. And I went like about ten. I forget what I went. Just over ten hours, I think, and I got fifteenth in my age group. <laughs> and <laughs> 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 uh, so it's. Um, it is it the coolest aspect of it for me is it's the annual pilgrimage for all the super fit people you know yeah. all the people who've qualified for Kona obviously very fit but but all the spectators are um, you know super fit and wannabes uh, uh, are super fit too and so you have this little collection of thousands of unbelievably fit people um, which is which is good to see you know um, but then I get to get to catch up with a lot of people. Uh, which which will be fun, people I don't normally see, you know, for years. Um, and um, uh, I was just in Noosa for a week, and uh, Cameron Brown was staying with us. And he's racing. He's been training his butt off, and, man, the guy is smoking fast. What's he hoping for? I didn't ask him that, okay. but – but he, I know he's not going to make up the numbers. He wants to be in the race. Wow. Yeah, like he was doing 5K reps and down to 17.15 on his last one the other day. Oh, really? You know, yeah, I mean, the guy guy can still motor, you know. And, uh, you know, he's there at 5.30 in the morning, 6K swim sets, you know. just He's working really hard. And so, so that was cool. I, uh, I was just a few doors down from the Ferdinos, so it was a bit sad that um, – you know that Jan won't be in the race. Mm. You know that guy's well. He was he was the favorite, and, and, he, and he adds so much to that race. So yeah, I do follow the pros, and um, I'm excited to see uh, you know what's going to happen. Great to see Gomez in the race. In um, uh, the women's, I, I still think uh, Lucy Charles is you know she's she's on the, she's coming up 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 up. And so you know who who knows what she's capable of, but she certainly gave um, Arif a push in south africa so that was great to see um but yeah i still follow the pros and uh, still enjoy the race uh um it will, it will i think it, this will be the first time since about 98 that i have been there and haven't raced mm. like every time i've been there um since i won i've raced as an age grouper so this will be the first time just watching okay. so so i'm looking forward to it
0: just 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 on there um With the legacy, you know, becoming one of the Hall of Famers, uh, you know, you were right at the start of the sport, really, especially as a professional era. What does it mean to you? Um,
2: It's nice to be recognized by them. It's their Hall of Fame, Ironman's Hall of Fame. Because you are
0: in the Triathlon Hall of Fame as well, aren't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, So that's USAT, our our Triathlon Federation in America. But um, so that is very nice that that. Because if you look at the list of other people on that uh in, who have been inducted to Hall of Fame, it's not a very big list. Mm. And so um And
0: they are the right people too, aren't they? They
2: are they are, they are everybody who you would think of yeah. first. Um including a lot of administrators and helpers and mm. stuff. But um so yeah, um so that to to join that list is is is, um, I'm really proud of that. And uh and uh very proud that Aaron also is uh, is um, being put on that list too. So, um, what does it mean? I, I don't know. It's, um, i like to think I contributed something to our sport, you know? And, uh, so it's just a, it's just a, you know, somebody else saying, yes, we agree. You know, you you have added something.
1: So a couple of questions We I don't know if we've asked you these before okay, um, we go. We but, That's fine, yeah we? nutrition uh, so some standard questions what do you you know do? race day Ironman what do you have for breakfast uh, before the race
2: coffee Typically. and um, a little bit of oats with a few walnuts and a little bit of maple syrup and another coffee <laughs> what about during the race all liquids for hot races mm-hmm. um Carb drinks with a little sodium in it. Mm-hmm. Simple stuff. Um, and then uh, maybe, maybe the odd banana or the odd piece of chocolate or Snickers bar if, uh, if, if, if they're handy at the aid stations, but not much. Maybe a gel, maybe two, but no more than that. And then if it's a cold race, like Keltman um, was, was mm-hmm. freezing ass bloody cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was also out there 15 and a half hours. So that was, um, I had anything and everything. Um, But I I have a pretty much an iron stomach. So when when I'm not going hard Mm. and it's cool, I can digest just about anything. So uh, uh, I have done some long races over the years and uh, I I do tend to add some food. Not a lot, maybe a total of 800 to 1000 calories of food in addition to my carb drinks in the colder races.
1: Any gadgets during the race or you just go by feel?
2: Just by feel, never used a power meter, um, and I stopped using a heart rate monitor in about 1990. Yeah, why? Uh, I thought it detracted from my performance, really, uh, especially in the heat. My heart rate is so sky high when I'm trying to keep my body cool that it just it's just scary. Thinking I'm at heart rate 200 for you know eight hours. <laughs> It's just like this can't be good. It's bad. This is bad. I should stop. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I just learned to go on feel and and learn to trust my instincts about how hard to go. Uh, wax or shave? Shave. God, Still. Still. Uh, facial moisturizer. You know, I do use a little bit now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mate, you're yeah. aging. You got to look after that skin. I know, yeah. that, you know? that youthful complexion. You got to <laughs> uh, look after it. What yeah. about open marathon?
1: No, not necessarily now, but when you, were, oh, yeah. you were, let's do both. Well, yeah, maybe both. But when you're at your peak, what do you reckon you could have run a marathon in?
2: Good question. I, I, I did run two twenty four forty eight when I was twenty. Um, but I, I was I was quite a bit better by the time I was a middle of my pro pro years. Mm. So I'd like to think I I could have dipped under two twenty, maybe mm. two nineteen. Mm-hmm. um I, I wasn't rocket fast runner you mm-hmm. know uh, I ran thirty fifty on the track when I was 20 so I was probably like a twenty nine thirty yeah. type type PB at the peak of my career you know maybe under 30 yeah under just under 30 minutes probably and so so yeah then I think during my peak years I might, I might have been able to crack 220.
0: Who was the fastest runner in your time?
2: Oh man um my time Lessing was just after my time but he was he was right up there at the end of my career Mark Allen was was fast a lot of people don't realize he, he had a good top end um, because uh, most of his emphasis was on Ironman racing mm. but he had a, he had a very good top end um, but we had some other other guys uh, who had better top end who unfortunately weren't very good swimmers uh, Okay, mm. you know uh, Kenny Suza, the duathlete, athlete mostly um, you know, he, he did dabble in triathlon and he was rocket fast. Okay. Uh, he was one of my main training partners. So he, he got to smoke me all the time. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Um, uh, there's, there must be, there must be some people. What, what
1: about when you, when you're 60, if a body, body willing, what would you like to run when you're Knees 60? Are, holding up. Knees are holding up?
2: Good question. I, 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 I would like to be able to run actually be able to do some decent shorter stuff. Mm. I'd much rather emphasize uh, maybe Mm. doing some steeplechase again, some 5Ks Mm. on the Mm. track, uh, cross-country. What what would you hope to do 5K
0: in? Uh,
2: (laughs) I wouldn't even want to put a number on it. I I would just like to feel athletic and have some bounce in my stride
0: well we've got this we've, this week in the show we're talking about the world marathon age group championships oh my god and if you
2: want to get to that you're going to sub three hours for a marathon That's right
1: to keep the platinum standard yeah
2: well i do keep an eye on the top 10 in the world in various swimming events and i'm actually probably have better chance of competing Unswimming. yeah like yeah. In, the, in the men's 1500 for over over 60s you know i can i could go under 20 minutes now probably quite handily actually yeah. that's 120 per 100 and so um you know i could probably hopefully i'm, I'm gonna I, I might even take a crack at that i think i can go, go on uh, i think mm. i can go low 18s mm. under 1830 after i'm 60 if i have a good stint at altitude uh and where would that get you in the, in the world uh it would be in the top 10 nice mm-hmm. yeah, where, did yeah. you watch the marathon a couple weeks ago in Berlin? oh my god blew me away. How, how cool was that? Yeah oh, jeez. A guy floats at two fifty two a kilometer. Mm. It's just it's just mind boggling. He's
0: um, it's just beautiful to watch, isn't it? It is beautiful to watch.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's effortless. That's the thing about it, isn't it? It's oh like, no, it's not effortless. No, but, but he looks, you know, like yeah. he's, he's not he's, it just looks effortless.
2: Yeah. You know? I mean if you if you run the track at two fifty two per kilometer <clears> pace <throat> for even two hundred meters, yeah. you realise how fast that guy's going. Yeah. You know, he's rocket fast. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome, well we're going to hear some more from you over in Kona. Murray, do your strength. <laughs> Murray, get to the gym. You, Murray, can be in the gym while we're in the pool. You can look out that window yeah, at us swimming us. up and down the pool. So awesome, always good to have you on the show and we'll see you in Kona.
2: Okay, looking forward to it.
0: Rock on It's going to be an issue for you as you get older, isn't it? Gonna have to learn to like that
1: way through. Him. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's one of those things. It just—it is a case of getting a routine. So I do core a couple of times a week. So it's not like I don't do uh, any strength you need work. Need more I, I, core, John. Sorry. You need more than core. I need more than core. I appreciate that, but I also do a lot of other, you know, strength-related work in terms of always incorporate quite a bit of hills, etc. Um, but I totally agree. When I did go through a phase of being in the gym. You know, once you get into a routine, it's all about yeah. getting into routines. So totally agree that it's something that I'm gonna have to incorporate. It's not something I really enjoy, um, and I will have to have some of those you know, measurables in there for me. But it's um yeah, it's I know how important it is. Have you but ever
0: done it really hardcore? But
1: no. No. Because like when I was younger, when
0: I for my first Kind of fitness thing once I kind of got through my drop kick phase was the weights room mm-hmm. uh you may may have seen my bodybuilding photos John. <laughs> it <Right. laughs> was, was massive oh, I tell you, I tell you, but um, I was basically ten kg bigger than what I am now, mm-hmm. and lean you know like I was so but doing I basically used to sit around eighty seven and then when I said, Iron man, I got down to seventy seven so I lost a lot of muscle mass, but um, I loved it, man, and I, I used to train really hard. Now, nowadays, I teach pump, and that's pretty, that and do CX, so that's kind of my strength work in my week. And that's basic level strength. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I haven't really got back into weights from in a long time, but it can be a really satisfying place to train as long as you find the challenge, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a really important thing to think about. But Melina's always great to have on the show, so thanks for Melina. Melina's telling us as he's walked out, he's listened to every second of mean talk.
1: That's impressive. That's a lot. Of, what are we, six six three six? Should yeah, we,
0: and it's, well, he said all the epic camps, He's listened to
1: every, every
0: second. It'd be about a thousand, over, over a thousand hours. Mate, right. legend. He's been on a few seconds as well. Mm. That's a good thing. Okay, John,
1: uh, wanger of the week. Wanger of the week. Give me B- 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 Blunders just emailing me because the, the opportunity to go one up on Air New Zealand's just come through on email for our trip over to... Oh, uh, so you can join me? Yeah. <laughs> birthday on Friday. I could always... Uh, how, much, so, how much is the opportunity going to cost you? I don't know. I think you have to pay 500 bucks, but... Um, Each? Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd send her up. I'd I'd stay back in cattle class. <laughs> Me and her can hang out. <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So w- what have got here? Winner of week. the week. Uh, how's your Strava tracking going? You're still getting on there, checking out everything. You're, you're still. Uh,
0: not really much on the Strava. I chucked it on there. I've been for two runs in the last two weeks. Yes, so I put them on there. Good. I yes. had a good run on Saturday actually. Nice. Yeah, felt good. But you know what I did? I exited because I run with my phone in my hand, which I know would do your head in. God, but, what, uh, what? One <laughs>
1: guy was it running last night. On his phone. I was like, put <laughs> that. Friggin'
0: thing away So I had my phone in my hand Here's I, my, Sorry you go
1: oh, No you go Because I think the rant's coming The rant <laughs> If you're going to a sporting event Put your phone away You morons what, 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 like what, what, Put this e- on Everywhere Oh out. Tiger, you you Tiger, Tiger Everywhere you go Everybody's got their phones out It's like just Bloody well enjoy the event Put your phone away hey, One selfie's okay But you don't need to film the thing It's on TV You morons <laughs> God <laughs> It's not just the golfers It's everybody it's yeah. not, not everybody No everybody. I don't Actually that's one thing I don't do When I go to
0: things I might take one, two photos. Selfie? I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, but but I want to experience it. Yeah. You know, I want to be in the moment, not in the phone. But um I went for a run on a stair down and I you know, like I was killing it, but I wasn't killing, it. I mean, I was sitting on like four minute K's, which I was happy with. But I'm accidentally to push pause on Strava halfway through the run. Oh dear. Have you done that before? Uh no. So then my run, which was probably fifteen K, mm. only eleven Ks. And so oh my, and Paula, Paula Green, Paula Green said to me. But it ain't on Strava, John, it didn't happen. It ain't happening. So I only ran 11Ks on Saturday.
1: So we probably should be more prepared when we're doing Wanger of the Week. But we got one... Someone sent
0: me an email saying twice, we haven't given it to them. Oh, really? And, and they must have been high up.
1: Well, it's no, it used to be really good when, when um, the other fellow who had our, our own page, yeah. we could actually go through and do swim times, run times, bike times. Um, but this, one, this week's top-ranked athlete was Chris Gardner from Yate in England. He did one activity... And it was uh, 28 hours. And what was that again? 28 hours and one activity. 28 hours and 24 minutes run time, one activity for the week, and he tops the board. John, what's the longest you've ever stayed awake? Would you I I talk about this in bed last
0: night? Oh, I
1: don't know, two, two days? You know, he stayed awake all night, yeah. and up the next day, yeah. I'd say. No, you, you know,
0: no, no, no two nights of no sleep? No.
1: no okay. Why would you do that?
0: Well, maybe you're doing a race. Dick him in. There you go. Doesn't rock my boat. Okay, John. Oh, who it was
1: our winger of the week? It was Chris Gardner. You are our winger of the
0: week. Winger. Questions uh, and answers. Okay, John. We've got some good old Daniel. You can put his last name in here, John. You've got one job. Put their last names in here. He wanted to promote a race that was happening. Montereo, Montreal Esprit Race. He raced it on the weekend. He said it was pretty, very great. Uh, they don't have a full race anymore, but he raced a half. They also have Sprint, Olympic, Tri-A-Tri, tri, Duathlon, and a 50 k bike. It was a really fun race, and it takes place right in the city. This one was in the rowing basin. You know a good place? It's Daniel Clark. Oh, Daniel Clark. Yes. He's a pro. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel's a legend. Uh, the bike is 21 laps. Of the F1 track, which would be pretty cool, uh, to defer from drafting. The races in Quebec have officials on bikes, so racers don't hear motorcycles coming up from behind them.
1: Oh, if you go on the electric bikes, yeah, yeah, that is a good idea. That is isn't isn't it? You'd, yeah, you'd have to make sure they can go, you know, for big races they'd have to be able to go, you know, 50k an hour easily, but good thinking.
0: He said he loved doing the race on the track. He learnt that the uh, the track through the race, the surface, is perfect and you can race so fast cornering. Uh, the run had to be modified this year because of the construction, but it was four laps around the rowing basin and it was 20 k's. Overall, really fun race. They had open prize money. Uh, yeah, awesome. So race. it's
1: a Triathlon Spirit de <laughs> Montreal. Uh, so, yeah, we do give that one a bit of a mention occasionally in terms of a coming up, but uh, good work. How did Daniel go? He took it out. Oh, legend. Uh, we Mark took t- out the half anyway. I'm pretty sure they have a full as well.
0: No, he said not this, no four this year. Were you listening?
1: No. Obviously (laughs) not. (laughs)
0: Uh, Mark Chapman sent through an email a question for John. When measuring the distance for triathlon, and particularly Ironman, do they include T1 and T2 runs? Do the organisers know the rules? In other words, is consistency applied? Personally, I think you should include transitions in some T1s, like Ironman Wales, Ironman New Zealand's a good example of that, uh, that uh, you wouldn't run 27 miles in total.
1: So to Mark, I'm happy to be corrected on this if anybody does want to correct me, but I did go and try to consult the ITU rules, couldn't really find anything about distances or where you need to start the run, um, stop the run, from my understanding and from when I organise races as well, it's basically the timing mat is when you're going to be leaving transition area somewhere and that's where your run time starts and that's where your run distance should start. So in effect, if you are doing Wales, if you are doing Ironman New Zealand, you are going to be running quite a bit further. When you're in route, you walk out of the water from the swim and bomb your bag straight there and it's a very short T2 as well. So uh, I think the answer to your question is your run time Almost always starts at the beginning of coming out of T2, and you are going to, you should be running the full Ironman distance from there. uh, And it's just tough titties uh, in terms of your total time um, when you've got long transitions. That sucks if you've done like a 901, but Mm. you know, like if it was a few seconds off the goal
0: time in another race and you end up running you know because i'm in new zealand i don't know what the course is now but back in the old days when you went from the water right to that transition area that's probably a good three or four hundred meters
1: yeah and and i think the f- i think the first one i did i think i went 903 904 something like that yeah. and um and let's be that, honest you
0: tend to take that three or four hundred meters slow
1: yeah and if that had been Rotor or somewhere probably would have messed up nine so yeah. i think again I've, that's one of the reasons why I keep doing this course accuracy stuff is kind of getting the point across every course is not quite 100 percent right and you just got to focus on your performance and focus on your best time on that course and stop calling records, records across the board because it's kind of a bit meaningless.
0: Okay, John, we got a, an email from Peter Colson, the insider, he's just got a cold water recovery. I noticed that rugby union players are still doing it
1: in and after the game, does it help? So I'll refer you to the interview we had with Gary uh, Rennie, uh, Rennie We had a couple of
0: good interviews around that time as well, because mm. we had the physio who was studying it. So, and
1: so the general consensus. And I'd I, I, I had a bit of a get scan around some of the uh, literature last night, and it, it is a bit mixed. Um, most of the more recent uh, information that's come out is saying that there is no benefit in doing cold water therapy or ice baths um, and if anything it can be detrimental, however I did see, look read a, a number of other little just the abstract of a number of other papers that were saying maybe there is a slight amount in it so I think if there is anything, this is my opinion, this is not based off the any you know there's a whole range of um, research papers on this it's very negligible, um, but you can never dispute the power of the placebo sometimes. If it makes you feel awesome, then maybe it is. But in general, if uh, the one article that I saw if you've got a quick turnaround between games or events ice baths may be helpful for you to relax and provide short term relief to muscle pain but they're not going to reduce inflammation and will be detrimental to building muscle in the long run so that's potentially why you see some of the team sport athletes who have to turn around the next week they may get some temporary relief um, but they're still going to be battling with those injuries and maybe prolonging them but if you've just got to turn around the next week or a few days time that's possibly why they do it.
0: Tim Hemming sent through his great email. Uh, and I think it's <coughs> it's been doing it around this week. But there was an athlete band from an all-you-eat-can-eat eat restaurant... Because he ate more than you can eat, so a German triathlete has been banned from an all-you-eat sushi restaurant in Bavaria after eating a little too much in a plate at, in a tune of nearly one hundred plates of food. So he was a bodybuilder turned triathlete. Uh, I'm going to say he went like
1: a hundred plates of sushi, and then the guy banned him. <laughs> and he is. got a bit of notoriety out of it. That's that's pretty gold. Have you have you been banned from? No- I have not been banned from anywhere Well I in have In fact oh, I know, had a very disappointing performance on Friday night. We went out to the theatre um, oh, we, well, went we went th- to the theatre we went, we went out for dinner beforehand Where'd you go to the uh, um, theatre John? The court theatre, theatre. And then uh, What did you see? Uh, uh, Mum's choir Was it good? It was different I, I, It was actually quite good I won't go into that now But, but anyway We ordered all our food I'm thinking this is, We're going to crush this Couldn't even get remotely close to finishing I was so disappointed in myself right. you're, So you're, disappointed You're losing it as your age I am um, Where'd you go? Uh, Tower and Tonic It's really good Really good Really Mm -hmm. Highly recommend it Where where is it On Lincoln Road Yeah Near the court Very close to the court theatre
0: Okay Um, Well Drexel's Used to have All you can eat um, Bread with your breakfast And all us PTs When I was PTing When I was like 20 We used to go down to Drexel's Get the big breakfast It was a dirty old Kiwi breakfast Mm -hmm. Bacon Sausages Eggs and crap and eventually, that's it. Oh, you can have no more toast. <laughs> <laughs> and when I like, back it up, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, nah, no more for you. Uh, Ed Hodgkinson,
1: um, basically just sent through a really good blog from Cameron Wirth. He has, He's been he's been talking up all the training he's been doing with all the Team Sky athletes. And one thing that he did mention in there is he had been training with, with G and Froomey. and <laughs> <laughs> G and yeah, Fruity Who's uh, G? Uh, Garrett Thomas won Tour de France, yep. uh, and they both sort of said, "Yeah, they'd like to give Ironman a crack one day." So, so Ed was getting pretty excited about that.
0: I would too, mm. if, I, if I could train with them. Mm. I remember Greg Henderson come for a ride once. I thought it was pretty special. Oh, nice. I tried to take him out, John. Yeah, showed the difference between a
1: local triathlete. <laughs> <laughs> there was You remember when you used to Long Bays? So Greg Henderson was a he was a lead out man for Andre Greipel. Did um, he ever win a stage? Uh, he may have done as a team I don't, he never, don't think he ever won An individual stage But he's a pretty but good He athlete. was one of the, the King domestiques For a sprint lead out Because he was a former Track uh, Olympic medalist And definitely a Commonwealth Games gold yeah. medalist And he did quite a few tours Didn't he Oh yeah he did a lot
0: Yeah So he came along To a riding cross church And, and you know Me me I you know I love a challenge So we were Down the long bays And oh, There was one That was really steep mm-hmm. you go down That real quick bend Up over yes. Down and then up Yep <laughs> People love this description well so i thought i would take henderson and see what <laughs> happens so i mate, i lay it all on the line it was like i was going in slow motion because yeah. then he, he obviously said oh, i'll show this schmuck you know like it was mm-hmm. probably an off season he put, like, 100 metres on me in 10 seconds. the
1: power. Oh,
0: up. mate, it was impressive, man. It was pretty cool. Okay, John, we've got a new patron. We
1: have. Um, I'm glad that sh- the, the, the PayPal payment um, came through, and it sort of says the names. I'm like, mate, I'm not even going to get remotely anywhere near close to that. Can I guess then? Um, but the the, the the new patron is Penny. You, you can I'm going to
0: say it. Skitties.
1: Okay. Uh, but her, her husband's <laughs> name, which was, which, was, uh, which was on payment, he was... Uh, I can't remember, I'm not sure if he was a Cypriot or, or where he was from, but uh, that was uh, unpronounceable, his first name. Oh, uh, really? So thankfully, Penny came to the rescue. Penny Skiddy? Wait, I'll, I'll S- it. Skiddy. I think it's Skiddies, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I live in London, UK. I'm not an Ironman yet, but I have set the goal of completing an Iron distance race by 2020 um, as she's so injury prone, I'm a mum to three teenagers, a nurse and a volunteer track and field coach. I nice. coach juniors of all abilities in local... Uh, Athletics Club in North London. I cut my teeth in triathlon in 2016 after winning a place in the London triathlon through a Twitter competition, nice work. Uh, It didn't go well though, I had only started swimming a few months before as an adult at the age of 40 and basically had no open water experience at the time of the try. I survived through a mixture of head up breaststroke and sculling on my back. I flew through the bike leg and chatted my way through the run, happy to have finished but swearing to never ever do another. Despite this, it seems I was hooked, the sport wouldn't let me go. Fast forward a couple of years and I'm well on my way to getting over my fear of the open water that I never knew I had and finally worked out the whole freestyle stroke. I've got a handful more triathlon events under my belt all short course and I'm slowly working my way towards building up the swim. I've done a number of marathons and long distance cycle events and I will never ever bother the top finishers, as I'm truly a back of the pack athlete.
0: And need everybody in the sport.
1: Anyway, glad to support the show. It's by far the best podcast around. Yes. Uh, so we love that. Uh, so remember on our iamtalk.me website, we have a, a link there which has got pictures of lots of our patrons, not all of them, but lots of them. So uh, Penny's up there as well. So well, I've got an idea for it. Have you got one? No, you go for it.
0: Because when you think Penny, you think money, don't you? Yes. And especially s- when you're in the UK. Especially when you're in the UK. It works really well. And have you ever seen the movie Swingers? Great film Dunno. from the 90s two, two young guys One guy is basically really insecure Relationship movie But absolute gold And Vince Vaughn was in it And Vince Vaughn would always say You're the money You're the money right. You're the money So the money Penny Skitties Okay Righty-ho yeah, My Apple thing didn't work with her name Okay
1: Not quite sure why. Money. Uh, money I try to pronounce her husband's name Okay here we go Onosil- kind of Onosilus this. Onocillus on Onocillus It was okay. as hard as I thought it was going to be
0: thank Penny thank you very much for being a patron You rock girl You bloody rock Okay if you want to be a patron Go to www.imtalk.me You can rock like Penny And get a cool nickname like The Money <laughs> And uh, yeah, and you also support us in what we're doing It's all very obvious on the website uh, John sponsors Extreme Endurance Your Lactic Buffer And if you want to yeah. be a patron Go to www.imtalk.me dot me, John. Just, if you want to get your sh- email sh- show email to you, on our front page now. I've changed my system. I've gone from a to a thing called Kartra Which, if you're into kind of that stuff, Cartra is bloody brilliant. But um, those who I'm sending emails to, I have to. I'm sending it from a different email address now, so it's going to come from. Bevan at extramarunners.co.nz mm. So if you normally get the email show email to you, you may want to check your spam box in the next couple of weeks because I'm going to change the email address. I just had to in changing the system. So um, for everyone else, if you go sign up on the website now, you'll get that from there anyway. If you want to become a patron, www.iamtalk.me. If you're looking for some coaching from an amazing coach, go to coachjohnnewsome.com. You can check out my podcast at bevanjames.com, the Bevan James Ials Show. And if you want to email us with content like Age Group of the Week, websites, or other feedback, go to imtalkpodcast at gmail.com.
1: John, you're Goss. My goss had school camp last week. Oh, that's right. Here we
0: go. Good time. Did you go on the monorail?
1: I did not go on. I was not on monorail duty, oh. so I missed out on that. I was on balance bike duty, which I think was pretty damn cool. So wait a second. That's the one where... What happens? So you're in a three, little three wheeler sit down sort of cart, um, you've got no steering, uh, your seat moves around um, as you're steering, so it's pedal powered uh, and you're pedalling away with your front one, seat wobbles all over the place and you've got to try to steer around a track, so that was my duty. A good that was, Oh that was good, the kids could not get it to start with most of them, once they got it they were humming, they were loving it. Nice. So that was good. Um, two the, nights away, it's all good. How late did you end up staying up? Because you debated, you said I'm going to bed at nine. I oh, know, we had the first night though, I, I, I was the one laying down the law, I was the the grump, grumpy dad that was no, no laying yeah. down the law, and the other dad said to the teacher in the morning, "Yeah, John just took care of that. Um, eight forty-five the first night, eight thirty the second night. Really? Mm-hmm. No, were, your ass, you Yeah. We, we laid down the law. How many kids did you have? Hour, oh, there was three three bunk rooms in ours, so it was probably 6, 12, 18, 18 What was the funniest thing that happened? I don't know. If it wasn't. It wasn't the funniest, but the, it was a combination of the funniest and the best thing. Thomas said, "What was the best thing?" We got out an old school water slide, and oh, this, the, old, this, 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 the, the site of this place is on the side of the hill, um, it's a beautiful venue, it's called Living Springs, if you want to do it, they've got a little pool there, it's only maybe 20 metres. And it's indoors, isn't it? Yep, indoor, yep. Um, so you could do skills based stuff there, you wouldn't want to crank out loads of lengths, great venue, for, uh, and but on a hill, massive big long grass slope, got a proper water slide, got the detergent out, got the hose going, and the kids were just cranking it they'd come off the end of the, uh, the sort of not t- the rubbery tarpaulity yeah, type the thing grass. and just keep sliding <laughs> on the grass down the hill and they were going for it and they were loving it so that was probably my highlight
0: it's amazing how in life simple things are so pleasurable like sliding mm. like sliding is one of the most pleasurable things mm. you can do and catching a wave you know that, that kind of human mm. animal instinct of just kind of letting
1: yourself go and did you go on a slip slide? I, d- I knew you were just about to ask me that and I didn't regrettably uh, you get a lot, lot of bruises, far. don't you? Oh, it would have hurt. You would have got a lot of whiplash, <laughs> and you would have been sore from it. Yeah, but that was good times. <laughs> you never go? No, went to, as I said, went to the theatre, the uh, and then got the final round of the JD Duathlon. Why did you go to the theatre? Oh, we've, we're season we're season ticket holders now. Oh, really? Of the Court Theatre, just getting a bit more cultured, Bevan. What does it cost you a year? Um. You get to choose they've had maybe say they have twelve performances, you get to choose six of them or something, yeah, I don't know, it's cheaper than buying just a retail ticket but yeah, it kind of like forces you to go to things that you wouldn't necessarily go to, I like it, yeah, maybe Joe and I will become theater, theater <laughs> come Patrons. Us. we were well, there's a lot of grey hairs there
0: yeah, that's the problem with the theater but audience, isn't it? Still yeah, it is so good, yeah, because it is. And because they used to have in the Christchurch, they used the other theatre, which was more for young, young people. Mm-hmm. So they had the main theatre and then they had the other theatre and it would have more modern plays. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the only downfall for New one, because they've only got one theatre now, haven't they? Mm. One theatre. Mm. Ben, what's
1: happening in your world? What's happening in my world, John? I watched Platoon. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Platoon? I would have in the day, but not for a
0: while. I'd never seen it. Yeah. And Joe really said we should watch it. And because well, I watched Top Gun and I thought. This is the worst movie of all time. It is.
1: Yeah. wasn't when you were a teenager, though. Well,
0: I didn't watch it when I was a teenager. I have no nostalgia, and it's really bad. But Platoon
1: holds up. Yeah. 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 just makes you realise, John, I would never want to go to war. Yeah. Never. i tell you what I'm pretty happy about right now is the sun has started to come out, and uh, since we started the show and it was pissing down with rain, it stopped, and I'll be able to do my bike ride this afternoon outside.
0: How far are you going to ride?
1: I'm doing hill reps again, looking out for random people that aren't uh, driving correctly. (laughs) <laughs> Angry John
0: I've got a um, A pretty wild week Next week John Because mm-hmm. Joe's going away Okay oh, House to myself Yeah
1: So I come around and Have a party mm-hmm. You know We could just hang out And do party mm-hmm. things yeah, get <laughs> that cleaning ready Before she comes back or Oh man i hate
0: to have to Clean this house mm. Yep So yeah That's next week So next week Wait a second are we d- The week we go away Is the following week Isn't it It is on the night, And we're not going to Do a show that morning we're not Are doing
1: we Doing show that day
0: Okay good Because I'm trying To organise another podcast
1: Okay right, let's wrap it up John I'm Russ. I'm Induc. Trina. Trisma. Kicker.
0: Kicker.